So we started the year off with Matthew 6.33, Jesus saying, seek first, which is a good point to start a new year, seek first the kingdom of God. And we've been talking about the kingdom of God. So as we've been looking at that for the last couple of weeks, the message is called be done. There we go. Thy will be done, meaning thy, which is your will, God, your will be done, not my will. So that's where we've been. I'm not going to go back and, and completely give you all of the recap on that. But I, I will say this, that we are all in process. No matter where you are in your life today, we are all in process. And hopefully you are growing in your life and not going backwards. Sometimes in our lives we, we grow and we make leaps and bounds, don't we? But other times we feel like we're just circling the drain, maybe. Or there's times in our lives we feel like we're just in a rut. Don't raise your hand. Don't look at your neighbor like, man, I know you're in a rut. Um, but, but the idea is we want to continue to grow. We are all in process. God is not finished with any of us. Okay? So we've been talking about knowing and doing God's will. So today that's what we're talking about. First week we talked about knowing God's will. And in the big picture of things, God's will is relationship with mankind. God's will for our lives is that we would know him and he would know us. Meaning we'd have a relationship. And then last week we talked about our will, which is got to be out of the way. And following God means 100% his will, not our will. Even though we can sometimes make the my will a list of, you know, not my will, not my will, not my will. It's suddenly it's all about you again instead of God. And today I want to talk about knowing and doing God's will. You guys with me? So best place to be uh, for doing and knowing God's will is the Bible. Come on. And I hope you have a Bible. If not, I want you to have one. This really is, it's, it's not just a book. You know, if you just read it cover to cover and, and you don't have a relationship with the author, then it's just a book. And you're going to have more questions and you have answers. But the reality is the author of this book lives inside of our heart when we say yes to Christ. It's the only book in the entire everything, universe, where the author lives inside of us. That's pretty fantastic. And until we step into faith with him, then it begins to make sense. Is that good? That was for somebody. So we, uh, we keyed in on Jesus' prayer, talking to his disciples in Matthew, and we're going to be in, uh, all over in the New Testament this morning. Might dive back in the Old Testament for a moment. I even had to get out one of my professor books last week and do a little studying. Dr. Gordon Fee, he uh, writes a great book on how, how to know the Bible, as in read the Bible. For All It's Worth, that's a great book by Dr. Gordon Fee. If you want to study deeper into God's Word, fantastic book. We took it in college. But it talks about when you study the, the Word of God, there, there's a, a, a biblical word that we use. It's an exegetical study, which simply means you're studying what's going on, and you're looking at it in the context, who it's written to, who it's written by, and everything around that. So that's a, that's a place I always want to start and always land is, who is saying it? Who's it being written to? So does that make sense? That way we don't just grab something like, hey, that makes sense. Well, we're totally applying it the wrong way. We don't want to do that. That's not good, right? So Jesus speaking in Matthew chapter 6, and this is the, this is the other part of this, this whole foundation. He's telling his disciples, they're asking him, hey, how should we pray? And this is like the most famous prayer in the entire world. He tells them, this is how you should pray. Listen up, guys. Our Father, which he's talking about God, in heaven. How to be your name, which is honor, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, or from evil. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, we've all had that in our lives, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Ooh, that's a big one, Jesus. We don't like to read that one. Thy kingdom come, God, your will be done. So if you have your Bibles and you want to continue, Romans, we're going to look at Romans this morning. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians. We're going to be in Colossians. So those of you who like Bible, flipping through or on your phone, or you can just listen. Romans 14, chapter 14, and all of these chapters are, are written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but the author is Paul, the Apostle Paul. It's funny doing this. I'm like, man, how do we talk about doing the will of God? I'm like, man, let's just dive in. But th this is good. I'm excited about it. Romans 14, chapter 14, starting verse 17. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation. Paul speaking, Romans 14, verse 17, starting. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink. He's speaking to a group of people. So, so we have to think. He's speaking to this group of people that have been getting things a little confused. But he's saying, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but it is the realm of the Holy Spirit. It is in the realm of the Holy Spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of God. It's about God's spirit filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. Then verse 18 says, serving the anointed one, which is who's Jesus, by walking in these kingdom realities, by walking in these kingdom realities, pleases God and earns the respect of other people. So then, make it your top priority. I love that. Paul saying, make it your top priority to live a life of peace with harmony in your relationships. Come on, that's good. If we want to start by knowing and doing God's will right there, live a life of peace with harmony in relationships. It goes on and eagerly seek to be strengthened and encourage one another. To encourage and strengthen one another. If you want to flip a few pages over from Romans to 2 Corinthians, so you have Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and I don't want to key in on verse 18, but again, I want to read it in context. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. I know this is a lot of scripture, you know, but it's okay. Just stay with me. I want to read it so I just get excited, have more coffee, amen? 2 Corinthians 5, but I'm going to start with verse 17, and this is a great verse when, when you're a new creation in Christ, when you're brand new and you've given your life to Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul speaking. Now, if anyone is in Christ... Your Bible might say, or this version says, enfolded into Christ. He's become an entirely new creation. Entirely new creation. All that is related to the old life is gone, vanished, vanquished, behind you. And he says, behold, everything is fresh and new. In verse 18, and God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself. Us, our relationship, reconciling us to himself. And then listen, and given us. The ministry of reconciling others to God. I love that. Given us the ministry of reconciling others. It says, in other words, it was through the anointed one, Jesus, that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping a record of their sins, and has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation. Verse 20, we are ambassadors, that's a legal representative of the anointed one, Jesus who carry the message of Christ to the world, as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly. 
through our mouths, through our lips. He says, so we plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. So, so who are we? Who are you? Now flip a couple more pages to Colossians. So you should be going to the right on your Bible. Second Colossians 3. I was trying to land just one scripture. It just wasn't going to work for you. It wasn't going to work for me. I'm like, man, God, this is good. Colossians 3, verse 12. Title on my Bible, it says, love one another. That's a good, good point. Colossians 3, verse 12, it says, You are always and dearly loved by God, so robe yourself or clothe yourself with the virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all, and be gentle and humble, unoffendable. I love that one. In your patience with others. Boy, if we could just grab that one. Be unoffendable in your patience with others. How, how many relationships would we be fine with, and we wouldn't let things that other people say bother us? We're just like, hey, I'm not going to be offended by that because, you know what, i got other things to do. Wouldn't that be great? Just hold on to that one. You know what, I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be unoffended by you because you are, don't say it to them because then you're being offended. Unoffendable. I'm just going to stop right there. We'll, we'll come back to that. Thy will be done. Be done. I, I love this uh, version of, of uh, the Bible that I'm kind of reading through right now, which is the Passion Translation. Usually I'm in NIV or New King James. But this is good because it says there, be holy, be merciful, be compassionate, be gentle. That was a good sermon, amen? I mean, that's just it right there. Be. We're looking at God's will, but doing, specifically, doing God's will. And, and I want you to hear me. If, if, if reading all that scripture, you checked out for a minute, which I hope you didn't, but I want you to hear this. Being always precedes doing. Being always precedes doing. What is it, and how do we do it? The Bible teaches us so much about God's will. The relationship that he has called each and every one of us back to. Doing God's will. Listen to this. This, this is going to maybe surprise some of you and maybe not. Doing God's will is a lifelong discovery. Come on. There we go. Got one. It is, it's a lifelong discovery. I mean, there's things that we do, we're, our career, things that we choose. But sometimes doing God's will is like, Lord, what do you want me to do right now, today? And we need to be listening. We need to be paying attention. Because it's that relationship, walking with him. I have found anyway, and, and you know what, I've talked to, you know, other pastors and other people, and it's not just a one-time assignment and done. The one-time assignment is our relationship with him forever. That is the will of God. I mean, our last breath is our first breath in heaven. That's the will of God. But what is it every day? I want you to know it's a lifelong discovery. So if you're sitting here like, man, I just want to know what God's will. What is his will? What is his will? Take a deep breath. And no, we're all in process. We're all learning, hopefully, every single day. And, and it's not a complex thing. It's not something that, that only a pastor or, or those that you, you know, they're like, well, they go to church and they read their Bible, so they must only know. God's not keeping it a secret, what he has for you or me. But it is something that we do discover in our lives. Amen? 
if we are going to be led by God, okay, if you are going to be led by God, or we, we must be willing to trust the one leading us. We have to trust the one leading us. So as we're looking at this and we're discovering this every single day, every single day in our lives, it's really best for each and every one of us to settle in our hearts right now from the get-go that God has our best in mind. God is for us. The Bible said God is for you. God is for me. And I don't know about you, but sometimes myself, I'm like, God, are you really, are you really for me? Are you really, are you really for me? I mean, what's going on here? The Bible's really clear. You know, we're to give thanks in all things, not for all things. One word, guys. In all things, not for all things. Wow, that was a horrible situation. Wish I wouldn't have broken my arm. But I'm still going to give praise to God in the situation, not because I hit a tree. Or whatever your tree happens to be right now. See what I'm saying? God, that was hard. That's the most difficult thing I've ever gone through in my life. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, let alone my family. But help me to praise you in this. There, there's a big difference in that. But he is still for us. And the truth is, if, if we'll, we'll stop and pause, we'll realize that God is for us, even in those difficult times. In fact, I, I will say right now, I think that sometimes when we're in the worst situation, the hardest thing, the most painful thing we ever go through is when we find God's peace and comfort and experience it like we never have before. And I think there's a lot of people in this room would testify to that. I know I would. The pain that I've gone through, my personal pain, Going through some of the things that Betsy and I went through early in our marriage, I experienced God right in the middle of it. God has our best. We just need to settle that. God, you are love and you have what's best. And I'm going to hold on to you. That's called trust. Relationship is built on trust. As one pastor said, and he wrote, when you trust that God always gives his best, which he gave Jesus, so that's the high mark, come on. When you trust that God always gives his best, then you will devote your heart to whatever assignment he has for you. God, whatever it is, I'm in. Some of you are like, man, I I don't want to be all in because I'm afraid he's going to send me to Africa to be a missionary. I mean, if that's the thing, it's not going to go away. He's going to call you. Some of you are going to invent great things. Some of you are going to help people. You're going to develop something that, that no one else could have developed. That's part of your gifting. Doing what you're doing is a gifting. Caring for people is a gifting. Like, oh, I wish I had that gift. Well, you, you could still work on that one. So, again, settle that in your heart. Because if we really believe that, then we will trust him, and we will accept that he knows what's best for our lives. That's huge. The overarching theme, church, of Scripture, from Genesis to maps, the overarching theme is God's love. It's God's love. And it's told through this, this people, this, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people. Why? Well, God wrote the story, so he gets to pick who he wants. Abraham, I'm going to bless you, and then this whole line. And it's not just a book because this is, like, historically, it, everything lines up. Israel is still Israel. 
People are still fighting over the same part of the land they did thousands and thousands of years ago. What a coincidence. But the overarching theme is God's love. Jesus said it in Matthew, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. That's the first and foremost. But then he says, but also, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. Everything encapsulated right there. Love God, love others, love yourself. You know, it's hard to love someone else if you don't love yourself. It's very difficult to love someone else and care for someone else if you don't like you. And, and I just want you to know, if you're here today and you're in that place where you, you're like, you know, I just don't like me. I look in the mirror and I don't like that person. Well, I want you to know, when you're looking in that mirror, God likes that person. Jesus died for that person. He loves that person. Philippians 2.8, for God is working in you. Some of you need to write this down. Philippians 2.8, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases him. Philippians 2.8. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 2.10, in Paul writing, he says, we are God's workmanship. And we're created in Christ to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. As one pastor said, you are God's work of art. You are God's work of art. I am God's work of art. And if, if we understand that, then as God's work of art, God gets to display us wherever he wants. That's pretty good. So you might be going to work tomorrow and you're like, wait, I'm God's work of art. Yep, he's displaying you there. I'm going to put your picture up. I heard a long time ago, and, and it was one of those pastors you listen to every once in a while, or you hear, and you're like, your picture is on God's refrigerator. Yes, it's a big refrigerator for those of you trying to be like, wow, that must be the, yeah, okay. It's God. He can do it. He can do it. Last week, we looked at Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, offer your body as a living sacrifice, as holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. And then it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We are called to not conform to the pattern of this world. And as we are transformed by God, then we are to go into the world and transform the world. Sometimes we can read Scripture and think, you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna, i got to be as far away from the world as I can possibly be. And if you're in something, you might need to get out of it. And you got to take steps to get out of that. But the thing is, we're transformed so that we can go and transform. To bring heaven's reality to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And our transformation transforms. Paul believed this. The apostle Paul believed the gospel. He believed the words of Christ. He believed that it could transform regions, cities, cultures. An assignment, go home today and look at the Greek flag. There's a cross on it. Why? Because Paul was there. Paul was there. The gospel changes and transforms our lives. Church, this is, this is for us, each and every one of us. The kingdom of God is not a matter of rules, but it is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness and peace, walking in kingdom realities, and this pleases God. 
And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. God is giving you the ministry of reconciling others to God as an ambassador to turn back to God and be reconciled, to be reconciled. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others. Be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus. It says, if you find any fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes a mark of maturity. The mark of maturity. I'm going to continue to read this. Let your heart be always guided by the peace of Jesus who called you to peace as part of his body. And always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Applying the scripture, applying the word as you instruct one another with psalms, with praises, with prophetic songs given in spontaneous worship through the Spirit. Sing to God with all of your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your mouth be drenched or saturated with the beauty of the Lord, the anointed one. And bring your constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. Thy will be done. Amen.